Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Well, good evening, everyone. I'm Kimberly Ewing, your host tonight on The Sages Among Us. And with me tonight is someone pretty special to my heart, a friend, Dina Valin Malakian. She's the Associate Director at Bright Features for Youth, and we'll get into more of that in just a minute. But I wanted to share a little bit about Dina and what she's done for our community and beyond. Dina has worked with nonprofits serving at-risk youth since 2000. And she is a Nevada County native, and we went to all kinds of schools in Nevada County together, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But Dina actually returned to the area in 2004 and became executive director of Big Sisters, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Nevada County, in which she actually helped grow to serve twice as many children during her eight-year tenure there. And Dina brings extensive experience in interagency collaboration and program development and evaluation. She serves as a commissioner on the Nevada County Adult and Family Services Commission. She's on the board of the Nevada County Child Abuse Prevention Council Community Support Network. And she's um, on the membership committee for the Center for Nonprofit Leadership. Clearly a very important, busy lady. And, of course, Dina holds a doctoral degree in educational leadership from the University of California in Irvine. And that's where she focused her research on youth mentoring. So welcome, Dina. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's so wonderful to see you in the studio. Um, One thing that I love about our community is the opportunities we have to serve and give back. And Dina, you've you've done that in so many ways and special to my heart is as a teacher um, with our youth. So I'm really excited to know more about you and how you became such a giver of yourself to wherever you are, but also especially here in Nevada County. And that brings me to my first question, which is, who are you as a child? Tell me a little bit about your background, your family dynamics. That's always a great start, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was very lucky to have and am very lucky to have a wonderful family that I was raised in. Um, My parents, you know, modeled what it was to be kind to others and to be giving uh, my mom was a special ed aide um, educator in the schools and um, worked with moderate to um, profoundly um, disabled youth and young adults. Oh, so it was modeled for you. Yes. When you were young. Yeah. And um, who who is your dad? My dad, were, he's Roland Valin. He's an amazing <laughs> man, um, also very kind. And um, But he always worked in um, Safeway. He mm-hmm. was a produce manager in Safeway. But um, my parents very much cared deeply about um, equal rights and were very involved in um, trying to advocate for people that might not be fairly represented yeah, society. And I mean, when you did you obviously you grew up here in Nevada County. Did yeah. you guys move? Were you born here? 
I wasn't. We moved from the Bay Area. Okay. So I was born in um, Dublin or Walnut. Gosh, well, born in Walnut Creek, but lived in Castro Valley, and then moved here when I was four years old. Okay, so just a little little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and your memories of your childhood here obviously probably brought you back here as an adult, would I assume? Yeah, it's it's interesting because. Um, you know, I thought it was a very small community, and I was very excited to leave the community and see the broader world. Which is healthy, by the way. Right. I think. Right. And I um, really didn't anticipate that I'd come back here and live. I loved coming to visit, but then uh, circumstances brought me back here, and um, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I know. And the story unfolds there, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that later. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, what I love about uh, Dean and I went to the schools here in Nevada City. We both went to the Nevada City School District and then through junior high and then up to Nevada Union High School. Mm-hmm. And then the, we both went off to college and did our thing. Mm-hmm. And and yet we both came back as professionals mm-hmm. um, to this community. And I think that says a lot about Nevada County, would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, so here's the thing I always love. Do you have siblings? I know you do, but tell me more about them. <laughs> okay. I have a sister who also moved back here after college, Julie Valin. Mm-hmm. She works in the county library system. And I have a brother who a lot of people don't know I have because he's six years older than me, Steve mm-hmm. Valin. And he um, works in the Bay Area. Um, he's an engineer. Nice. Yeah. So then I always ask this, in what order are you? Are you the middle child, the older, or the? it sounds like you're the baby? I'm the baby. And the baby. <laughs> I always love to know that because that tells us, informs us a little bit about who you are, I think, and that you had to kind of represent yourself well in the family <laughs> dynamics, Yes. would you say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing I love is um, when you talk about being a, growing up here in Nevada County or wherever you grew up. What were some of your favorite toys or hobbies or passions? Because that helps informs us, too. I would say that my biggest passion, which was heavily inspired by my family, was music. Oh, I, yeah? I never played, but I was a, an aficionado for sure. Um, loved listening to music, loved going to concerts. How fun. Uh, that was and still is probably my favorite thing to do and so like what's a record or or a music genre that you loved as a kid that is like in your in your cells when you listen to it oh my gosh there it's hard to name just one my parents were really into like classic rock oh Um, cool so I was really and blues so I was really exposed to a lot of great um old-time blues musicians and um rock and rollers. I love that. <laughs> and uh, and then my brother was a, he, he introduced us to punk rock. So I would say punk rock was then became my thing. I see. Yeah. yeah. Rock in the 80s. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I love that. Um, that's fun to hear about you. That's so cool. Um, would you say there was someone in your formative years that really stands out for you that was a positive role model? or an important source of inspiration for you as a kid into your adulthood? Yeah, I would say that was my mom. Yeah. Yeah, working in special ed, um, you know, that was, she worked in special ed in a time before there was integration. And so um, her students were in their own school separate from other students. And um, they, like I said, were more moderate to severe um, disabilities. Um, 
And she was a real advocate Mm -hmm. for them and really making sure that they got access to opportunities to learn and grow and to be a part of the community. And she was part of um, when integration happened, she was pretty much at the forefront of that in our community. And I'm sure she was full, fully agreement with that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it was a very hard battle at the time. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So you have this you you had a mom that was a role model as a public servant almost yes. and showed her service through education and through yeah. um the public sector so that's a that's a great inspiration for you and i i think of your your you and your sister who i know so well you both have that big heart <laughs> like i'm sure your mom did yes um so thinking back in your time your lifetime is there Think about like a watershed moment, if you would, something in your life or a watershed moment that you can pinpoint as to a reason maybe you so deeply committed to creating a better community and working in social, you know, you know, social service. Yeah. Because that is not the most popular pathway and Mm -hmm. yet you chose it. So tell us a little bit about did something happen or was there a moment where you shifted something that happened for you? Yeah, I would say that I knew from a pretty young age that I really cared about advocating for others. And, um, and I would say that kind of began when integration started. And I saw that some of these special ed students weren't, were being bullied or weren't being fully accepted by not just their peers, but by some of the teachers. Yeah. And I remember just really wanting to stand up for them and um, befriend them and help them with that integration so they felt accepted and cared for. That just was the start of it for me. But I also um, felt that I had my own challenges growing up in a community that was um predominantly white and I um you know of Portuguese and Mexican descent so I I had dark skin have Mm -hmm. dark skin and um was one of the few students probably in our school with dark skin and so I did experience a lot of um you know not so nice things from other from other students and again even from some of the adults in our community and so um I think that just kind of set me on a path I always thought that things need to be fair, Yes, that everyone should have a chance to be treated with respect. And, um, and that led me on my journey to want to kind of work with youth that might not always have the same opportunities as other youth. Wow. Yeah, that is. And so this became your own personal journey as well as your professional journey. Yes. Yeah. Um, what did you graduate with? It, it, did you? Uh, did I? I forget what you said. What um, was your degree? It was uh, yes. educational leadership. Well, yeah, I, I got my bachelor's in um, psychology and anthropology. Oh, so great. I was very interested in um, child and adolescent development. Was always my focus, mm-hmm. and then uh, cultural anthropology. So understanding um, youth from different cultures. Right. 
Um, and then I got my master's in social ecology, which is hard to explain, but it's basically <laughs> a good mix of those things I studied right. as an undergrad. Yeah. And then my doctorate in educational leadership because I felt that education is the place that can be the great equalizer because all kids are required to go to school. Right. And if we could create environments um, in our educational settings that, um, you know, give that that provide equity, um, we could go a long ways. And it's a, it's a really smart foundational beginning. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, I wanted to ask, how did you get back to Nevada <laughs> County? Because here yeah. you are doing things in the Bay Area. So then how did you arrive back here? Well, um, it was actually not for the best of reasons. I was having some medical issues and I had, um, I have what's called Meniere's disease, um, which is an inner ear disorder. Mm -hmm. And I had struggled for many years in Southern California where I was living with that. Um, so I finally was able to get a surgery to help um, with the symptoms of vertigo and nausea and oh, no. vomiting and all of that fun stuff. Um, so after the surgery, I needed to, um, I actually lost my job <laughs> because of my recovery and um, I needed to come home and be with my family and yeah. recover and reset. Yeah. And reset. Yeah. Yeah. And what a happy, well, maybe not at the moment, but kind of a happy oh. accident. Oh, it really was like, okay. it was the, in a way the best thing because I don't think I would have uh, ever considered moving back here if it weren't for that. And I really thought it was going to be temporary, but I just fell in love with being back here. I loved being in this community and around my family that I adore. Yeah, you have such a close-knit family. It's, yeah. it's sweet to yeah. know that. Um, if you're just tuning in, this is KVMR's The Sages Among Us. I'm the host tonight, Kimberly Ewing, and I'm with a good friend and an amazing community member, Dina Valin Malakian. Now, I say Dina Valin because <laughs> Dina Valin is her maiden name, but now she is Dina Valin Malakian because she is married to, ironically, a very special human that is in special ed. Yes. So see how this is coming full circle, Dina? Yes. yes. <laughs> so one thing I think would be wonderful is to say, now let's talk about what you're doing now. And of course, the Bright Features for Youth used to be the Friendship Club and Neo and Safe and all that. And I used to work there, too, at, yes. at Friendship Club. So I have a special place in my heart for these fine young people and the fine young staff that's there. So tell me a little bit about, you know, why do you think Bright Features for Youth is important to our community? I mean, and how is it how is our community better because of people like you that support it? Well, I think um, being in a rural community, we're faced with a lot of challenges. And I think um, youth can have really strong feelings of being isolated, sure. um, if, you know, outside of their school time. And so Bright Futures for Youth is um, one um, free service. It's the one, one of the only free things I think that youth can participate in outside of school that gives them um, time to socialize and c create connections and relationships with their peers, but also with adult mentors. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they can do it in a variety of ways through the Friendship Club, which is a cohort model. So they get to be with their grade level group um, 
and we help them through adolescence. I think that's that's so the main thing about Bright Futures for Youth. The transition to adolescence is such a tough time. And then the transition from adolescence to adulthood is also a very tough time. So that is um, what we're there for is to be a support system for youth, a part of the village that raises our youth, um, to give them a safe place to be, um, to feel accepted for who they are, and to learn valuable skills and life lessons and build those wonderful relationships that will get them through really hard times. I know, and I always thought that if we're working at at with the kids that are at risk that could fall down that could easily continue the cycle of whatever's happening in their families that actually we're doing that for us but also for everybody in the community that we're building the community up through this program right and so it's it's something that we all should be kind of watching out for for these kids i mean it's they're going to be part of our community right Good or bad. Right. 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 So might as well give them something to work towards that's inspirational. I think so. I think that's the the whole village concept is it really does. There's ripple effects to everything. And and, you know, we can't just look out for our own children. We need to look out for other people's children and we need to be able to um, be that positive person in any young person's life that we can. Um, because you just never know how how many know. other connections they might have. And so I think that is definitely we're trying to provide the safety net um, for our youth who tend to fall through the cracks because they're not, you know, a formal part of um, any systems maybe just yet. Um, and I think that's where people really have a hard time kind of understanding the significance and how invaluable prevention work is. You really, if you're holding them, you know, before they get into any, um, you know, behaviors that might be hard for them to get away from, if you're if you're really there supporting them before that, and even through it, because you know we all make bad decisions. Sure, sometimes, I mean or, that's part of being human, right? Right, and um, so helping them learn from those things and helping them make educated choices about um, what options are available to them so that they they can make those choices that um, are well suited for them. Right. And they learn from those mistakes and not beat themselves up so exactly. that they can build themselves back into exactly. where they want to be. That's exactly it. To, to know that they have a support system, that they have people they can turn to if they do feel like maybe they're in over their head in something and they need help getting out or they just need someone to talk to and process things. Right. Um, that's what we're, we're really there for. Tell me what associate director means <laughs> in the, the Bright Futures for Youth. Um, I know you guys have grown and I want to talk about that, but tell me what your role is there well um it's it's grown a lot with the organization (laughs) um so i i really oversee the day-to-day operations Mm -hmm. i oversee the various programs so i work with all the program directors and managers Mm -hmm. um and um i've you know basically in a way, I've taken on the human resources. Mm-hmm. I help with finances and budgeting. I also, um, gosh, help with grant writing. Yeah, and reporting. I mean, basically that's everything. A big, <laughs> yeah, I'm 
yeah, I, I support all of those things. Right. And, um, you know, we do have teams in some of those areas that are working together, but, um, but yeah, I'm involved in all of that. Right. And the, and you should be because you have that vast wisdom, which makes you one of the sages. That's why we're here tonight with you. Um, well, getting kind of back, what, what do you get back in return with this community oh work at Bright Futures for Youth? Oh my gosh, so much. I mean, I just love working with teenagers, I have to say, and young adults. <laughs> and I mean, that is rare, yeah. let's be honest, yeah. okay? Like, what a gift uh, you give to our community because you work yeah. with our teenagers. Yes, I love that. I love where they're at, trying to figure out who they are, trying to push those boundaries, you oh, know, yeah. asserting their independence. Um, you know, I love all of that, uh, that they're, you know, trying to figure out and and seeing them grow. Right. I mean, to actually see them um, figure stuff out and um, and to lean on people when they need it. Um, but it is, it's very rewarding to see and just have those relationships. Yep. Because you see them um, as young as, what, 10, 11, yeah, 12? some are as young as 10. It starts in yeah. sixth grade, but mm -hmm. some of them are young sixth graders. Right. Yeah. And then you see them through into high school years and then graduate yeah. and then watch them and listen yeah. to them going to college yep. or whatever whatever yep. secondary education. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It yeah. is. So when now we, you know, we're literally almost out of time, <laughs> Dina. Can you believe that? It's just we have so much we could talk about. But I have a fun question, okay. and that is, well, first of all, congratulations. You guys are, have a new center. Maybe talk briefly about oh, that, yeah. Yes. what's happening there. Okay, well, we are in the process of doing a capital campaign to raise funding for the NEO Youth Center. Right now, NEO is operating... <laughs> Sorry about that, Studio... <laughs> A. <laughs> so sorry. Go ahead, oh, Dina. It's okay. Um, so uh, Neo is currently operating in the Lytton Building, where all of our programs and services are, out of um, some smaller rooms. Yep. And so we are building a thirty-seven hundred square foot youth center for them on the first floor, and we are very excited. So our fantastic. Hope is that that will be renovated and ready to open at the end of summer. Great. And it's going to have so many different like oh, yeah. workshop areas. Oh, Tell yeah. us a little bit of the highlights. Oh, yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. There's going to be a cafe. Oh, I love it. Uh, so you know, with tables and. cooked meals and also snacks. Um, we will have a stage area um, for all the many performances that Neo puts on music, poetry, spoken word, um, open mic, all sorts of things. I love that. Um, there will be a video game area. Of course where, there will be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so multiple stations where um, groups of youth can play against each other and have fun competitions. Um, and we will have art areas, so where they can it. create art. Um, and then we'll have a music room where they can play music. Um, we'll have so all the instruments amazing. available. 
yeah. that'll be available anytime after school, right? Is yeah. that going to be someplace anytime they can go? Anytime after school, um, yes, definitely it will be a drop-in center. Okay. So um, the goal is Monday through Friday, drop-in center. Um, not sure about how late, but, um, you know, we're playing around with ideas of even open later on Fridays, mm-hmm. um, maybe some occasional weekend things. Yeah. Um, so exciting. So Dana. many opportunities. Yeah. So I know we have a, just a few more minutes, but I love this question. If what is something that you would still like to accomplish either with bright futures for youth or something we could accomplish in Nevada County? If oh, you had a gosh. magic wand, yes. what would be something that you would say? I, I really <laughs> hope this could happen. And that's, and might happen. Yeah. That's, what do you think? My biggest wish is that all of us working with youth and families can um, work together respectfully and um, really put the youth and what they need before anything else and solve our greatest problems together and work together to make this a community where everyone here has opportunities to thrive. Right. And like we said, if we help build up our youth, it's going to help our community yeah. as a whole. Yes. And so there's motivations on so many levels. Yeah. And so when you think about that, if someone's listening and they want to know more about Bright Futures for Youth, what are some things that we can do to offer volunteerism oh, or helping? Because there yeah. is so much, isn't there? <laughs> so much. <laughs> I mean, basically, if anyone is interested, they could just call our number and talk to Cindy, um, who is I love Cindy, <laughs> our community <laughs> engagement manager and works with all our volunteers. She can come up with probably anything uh, to suit your availability and when you want to do this, um, what your interests are. But we have things from uh, driving youth, picking them up from school and bringing them to our center so that um, that's not a barrier for them to accessing our services. Um, We have uh, event needs, we have tutors, we have mentors. Um, there's so many ways that people can volunteer with us. So that would just be a call to our office at 530-265-4311. And um, Cindy is is the go-to person for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone wanted to browse yeah. the website, just, yes. you know, non, just being able to see it without yeah. calling yet, yes. what would be the website? Oh, the website is BFF Youth for Bright Futures for Youth. BFFYouth.org. Okay. And everything's on there, even our volunteer opportunities. And they get to see all these incredible faces of these people, yes. of these young people that we love and want to care for. Yes. And that's always heartwarming. Yes, it is. Yeah. And we're always looking for people to support us financially, also. Absolutely. Sophie. And that's what I remember is yeah. you guys do not get a lot of. federal funding like it's not a federally funded program well that's that's shifting now that we've grown because it has to well right yeah because now you're not you're serving foster care homeless not foster care mostly homeless but homeless i mean that's a huge addition and so so very important yes yes so yeah um unaccompanied minors and youth um ages 12 to 25 wow um and uh yeah that's a big big Um, case management, really labor-intensive supports that we're providing to youth in those situations. Um, But yes, we've grown and we are getting more grants, but 
you know, we also need uh, as much community support as we can get. And there's just so many ways people can do that by sponsoring different things or making a even a small monthly donation um, or however you want to donate. There's any way we can work with you. And there's more information on our website about yeah. that as well. And the Lytton building where all of this is happening yeah. is right here in town. It's yeah. right up the street from Briar Patch, yeah. right? Yeah, our co-op. Yeah. So it's centrally located in yes. our town. And you can literally just give a call and maybe even take a tour to see oh, what yes. it's all about. Yes, we do love giving people tours. So if you're interested, just call us up and we'd yeah. love to arrange a tour for you. Well, Dina, it's been such a pleasure. Um, we've got just a few more minutes. We're actually just about a, a minute. Is there anything else you would like to share about your work as, as a SAGE, as a community um, member and such a giver of, our, of your wisdom? Well, I would just encourage people to really look at ways that they can become involved in our community. I know it takes time and energy, but um, it is a wonderful way to feel um, connected right, and to meet wonderful people who care about where we live and um, to feel a, a great sense of purpose. I know. And you know what I've recently discovered um, scientifically, if you're having a bad day or if you're down, um, that giving back or doing community work actually lifts you. Yes, it does. And so on that note, I want to say thank you so much, Dina. It's been wonderful to have you in the studio. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for being, um, being with us tonight at The Sages Among Us. Good night.